Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. This morning, um, I'm gonna. Yeah, last week Marifa shared the word, and it was really a blessing. If you missed that, please have a look on uh, on YouTube or on the website for the audio. Uh, it was really encouraging. And the week before that, Andres uh, shared a very challenging message, and I'm gonna continue a little bit in that vein. Um, so I'll, I'll recap a little bit of what he mentioned as well. Um, so yeah, the the title maybe it's con- it's uh, distracting you. I know that sounds like a wonderful thing, hey? No more load shedding. <laughs> but uh, when it comes to the power of God, there's no load shedding. Isn't that amazing? We often uh, we but we we sometimes we do act like that. I'm getting way ahead of myself now, but let me just explain the the title before we go on. Uh, often we when we pray and when we approach God. We do so thinking or as, as if God has limited resources available. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've experienced that sometimes when I pray, or it, it, has, it has been like that in the past. You, you, you want to pray about something, and you think, but this isn't such a big thing. You know, maybe, there are many, it might be a big thing to me, but there are, there's this voice that tells you, but there are so many other people that have bigger problems out there. You know? Surely I can't waste God's time with this thing that I'm concerned about. Have you had that before? And you think, oh, I'm not going to pray about this because there are other people that are suffering greatly and that have massive issues. And, and then we think, okay, now I won't bother God with this. Have you, have you experienced that? And I just feel maybe that's for somebody this morning that that is really not the way things work um, that God is, is not somebody with a limited resource or limited time. That whatever we have that concerns us, whatever that we have that we want to bring to God, he, he actually says, bring that. He invites us to bring that. He, inv- he calls us to bring our supplications, to bring our prayers, to ask for wisdom. So whenever you feel my thing that I'm wrestling with is not, you know, big enough or not significant enough, then just repent and say, Lord, I want to bring you the small things and the big things. Amen. So there's no, there's no, we don't have to share. We don't have to, you know, I get a bit of the Lord's time this morning, but then the rest of the day, somebody else is taking up his time. It doesn't work like that. Amen. All right. Let's honestly remind us of what uh, Andres read last week. If we can go to that first scripture, Second Corinthians. <coughs> Um, from, verse, uh, from chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. He was talking about that amazing thing that happens when we come to salvation, when we come to revelation that I cannot 
earn my salvation. I can't um, live this life on my own. I, you know, we, we're going in one direction, and we're going in the direction of the world, and then we have a revelation that this direction is leading me to destruction. And that is the moment, you know, that place where we get born again is the moment we turn around 180 degrees. We're going in the opposite direction, and we decide that I'm going to repent of my sin. I'm not going to walk this way anymore. I'm going to now follow Jesus. I'm going to, I have a different direction that I'm going into now. And everything changes. Because we are now no longer following the way of the world. We are no longer, as it says here, we are no longer living for ourselves. And if you think about that, just for a couple of seconds, you realize there's a quite a lot in there. <laughs> no longer living for ourselves, but now living for Him who died for us. We are now living for Christ. We are now living for God. And uh, I was chatting to somebody recently. You know, it doesn't happen often, but I can't, I can't remember why or when, but recently I was driving in my own car, but I wasn't driving. I was in the passenger seat. Have you had that? Have you? Had, it's weirdest feeling, you know, because you're so used to driving your own car. Now you're in the passenger seat, and somebody else is driving. But that's exactly what happens when God takes control. When we allow God to take control of our lives, it feels wrong at the beginning, right? Because I'm used to, to calling the shots. I'm used to going this way. Everything in me has been going this way for my whole life. I'm used to going, making my, my decisions and calling the shots. I'm used to living for myself. That's the way, that's the way I'm born. I'm born this way. I'm, I'm used to doing this, and this feels right. But he was saying all about how, how that shift happens when we decide, I'm no longer living for myself. I'm no longer in the driver's seat. I'm going to move over to the passenger seat. I'm going to trust to follow the king of my life, Jesus Christ. I'm, he is now in the driver's seat. He is deciding the course. He is deciding the speed at which things are going. And he's make, he is the king and lord of my life. Massive shift that happens. And, it, and Andres was mentioning, I'm, I can't preach his whole sermon again, but he said that we, we've all experienced, and maybe... Some of us have been in that place ourselves. When we come to Christ and we want to follow Him and we turn around, but we're still going in the, the way the world goes. We want to follow Him, but we are still living for ourselves. We've turned and we, we've, we've had some experience with Him, but we're actually not following Him. Um, often, you know, you refer to that as, as being a nominal Christian. Somebody that says, yes, I... I am a Christian, but somebody that does not follow Jesus. Um, so that's what he was talking about. <coughs> and, um, and just to add to that, um, I remember as a young, younger believer, <laughs> back in varsity, you know, we started a ministry on campus. We were just going out and praying for people. And it was quite... Um, very daunting at first, you know, you know, chatting to people over lunchtime and just encouraging them and seeing if there's anybody that needed prayer. Um, and we did find a lot of people that were 
open and responsive and needing prayer and wanting encouragement. And then there were those that weren't so keen, you know. But it was always a bit daunting because you didn't know uh, what you were going to get. But um, I remember that season, um, I had this a couple of times where, because I was leading this ministry on campus, I was still a student then, there, I had a few situations where somebody would phone me and say, listen, Yaku, I'm just chatting to this guy here at my res, and he's really keen to become a believer. Can you come and pray? And, or, and, I, and I, at, first I thought, at first I thought, well, that's cool that they thought I must come and help. But then Ray Lara is, this is wrong. <laughs> surely surely um, each believer should be able to lead another person in the steps that you've already taken. You know, if, if you've turned around and you've started to follow Christ, this is part of us being believers. You know, and it's, it's as if growing up, that was like a, a mat- something for mature believers to lead somebody else to Christ or to, to share your testimony or to go in an outreach. I, th- I thought that was something for, if you like, been following Jesus for a long time. That's that's when you start. You know, that's when you do that stuff. But then, I, when the more I studied the scriptures, the more I realized that is the beginning <laughs> of following Christ. Is is realizing I'm no longer living for myself. I'm following Jesus, and that includes everything that I have received from Christ. I give to somebody else, and how little that may be. Even if I've taken one step in my in my following Jesus. I'm one step ahead of somebody else. And I have the ability to explain this one step. I don't know everything, but I've taken this step. So I can, I can explain this step. Does that make sense? And, uh, so that really challenged me that this is not something for mature believers. This is not something for the domini or the pastor. This is something for every believer. That when Jesus, I'm way out of my notes now, but that's fine. When Jesus says, <laughs> back when he's calling his disciples, um, they depicted it so well in this series, The Chosen. I'm not sure if you, if, if you haven't seen it, Google it. Uh, it's amazing. My kids, we watched it together, except that first episode was quite hectic. But otherwise, they're really enjoying it. But um, there's this moment where Jesus calls his disciples. And then he says to, him, to them, come and follow me, and I will make you fishes of men. Do you remember that moment? And he's saying, to, he's calling them, they're busy with their daily, you know, business. They're fishermen and they're busy at the nets and they're doing their thing. And um, when he walks away, he says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that's part of what, what convicted me around that, as, as following Jesus, is that following him, I, I believe uh, Andres referred to this as well, implies that He's going to make us. He's going to change us. He's going to transform us. It's not we that are doing the changing and the transforming, but in our following Him, we are transformed, we are changed, we are different. But what challenges me about this scripture is that He says, it, it's either we, we don't believe that He's all-powerful and that He we don't believe that He is the King of kings and Lord of all. Or it means that when we are following Jesus, if we are following Jesus, we will be fishes of men. 
Does that make sense? And that challenges me. That part of the evidence, part of the fruit of me following Jesus is going to be being fisher of men, being I'm no longer living for myself. I'm living for Him. I'm no longer doing everything in a selfish way. I'm, my whole life is now focused on Jesus. And my whole life is following Him. And a big part of that is going to be evidence in the way that I reach out to other people. Amen. Are you with me this morning? So, so I'm going to um, just look at a couple of things. just want to kind of continue in that vein. If you missed that sermon on these, please have a look at that. I'm gonna, I believe it will bless you. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read from um, 2 Timothy. As we go on. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. But understand this. This is Paul writing to Timothy, Apostle Paul. <coughs> About you talking about the last days. Understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self. Just while I'm reading this, think, just see if you can recognize anything about our society. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. I don't know about you. I've noticed that one. Um... No, my, my kids are amazing, but they do. <laughs> okay, so arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then there's this, the one that really God gets me, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And uh, I remember this was my life before I became born again. If you had to ask anybody that knew me at that point, if I was a Christian, they would have probably said yes. Because there was an appearance of godliness. There was a I was going through the motions, okay? I was going to church. I was doing the things in terms of I was going to church. I was doing the youth stuff, or, you know, and praying even, you know, in, around school, around university, that stuff. If you had asked somebody, is this guy a believer, they would have probably said yes, 100%, because of this appearance of godliness, but there, there was a massive shift that had to happen in my life. I, I was trying to earn the love of God. I was trying to earn the acceptance of God through all these things that I was doing, all these appearances that I was portraying. And I had to come to a place where I realized that instead of trying to earn this, which is impossible. It's impossible to earn salvation. It's impossible for us to pay that price that makes us holy and makes us acceptable. And I came to that place um, where I realized that Jesus is the only way that I can be reconciled to the Father. That, that God it loves us so much. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. He says God, God's love for each one of us here 
is demonstrated in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were enemies with God, He sent Jesus in our place. So I had to come to that place where realizing I cannot, by doing the right things and by keeping up this appearance, earn God's acceptance and His forgiveness. I have to accept the, the gift of salvation that He has bought for me by giving His Son, His Son that carried our sin in our place. Amen? That was the massive shift in my life, where I had to n not have this appearance anymore, but actually turn and follow Jesus in a, in a practical way. So the problem with this appearance of godliness is that it denies, denies the power of God. There's a, there's a powerless appearance of godliness. And if you think of Nice. If you think about it, um, if you think about this as in terms of the spiritual war, that, the, that the, the kingdom of God is advancing against the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness has a king, and it's, he's called the devil. And the, the devil is our enemy, all right? The scripture calls him the father of lies, calls him the accuser, calls him the... Um, so many different things, but he's the one that comes against us, right? And um, if you think about it, if we are happy to put a Christian on a form and we're happy to be a nominal Christian and we are happy to, to have an appearance of godliness, he's probably going to be happy to just leave us alone. Because if we appear, if you have an appearance of godliness, but there's no power, then we will not have any threat to the kingdom of darkness. Does that make sense? So he doesn't have to be worried about those that have appearance of godliness. Another scripture, say, another translation says a form of godliness. The devil doesn't worry about that. Says, okay, just leave that one alone. They don't have any, they don't cause any threat to the kingdom of darkness. They are not advancing the kingdom of heaven, in fact, right? So we can leave them alone. And and that's what I, what I have in my heart this morning, that I believe that God is inviting us to a place where we can walk in the power of the gospel on a daily basis. And um, actually, let me, let me just read the scripture before I continue. So we, we know, we've seen this around us. We've seen this evidence of the last days, but we've also seen this form of godliness but that doesn't have the power of God, that is devoid of the power of God unto salvation. Okay? Let's look at, look at Romans 1, 16, where he talks about this power. Paul writing, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The actual gospel, when we follow Christ in the way that, Andres was saying, we turn away from the things of the world. We no longer live for ourselves. We live for Him. Then we start to experience the power of the gospel at work in our lives. The power unto salvation. The power to change us. The power to transform. The power to heal. The power to restore. The power to renew and restore broken lives. I've seen this in my own life. I've seen this in my, in my marriage. I've seen this in my family. The power of the gospel, the power of God to, to bring change. And I remember 
just to refer back to that moment where I had to make the decision. I remember this was the, one of the biggest things that impacted me, that I was used to the form of godliness. I was used to the appearance, but I didn't know the power of God. I was used to the appearance of doing the, mo the motions, but I didn't know the power of God. And I, I, was, uh, I was in this youth meeting, and there was this team, this outreach team, and they were... Most of them were from a gangster background, you know, from a background of rough lives, you know, gangsterism, crime. And I remember I was so struck because each one, as they shared their story, they had this story of my life was like this. And then I met Christ. And then I was transformed by the power of God. That I was following a path of destruction, most of them physical, you know. And then I was I met with the living Christ, and my life was turned around. They had this testimony of the power of God in my life. And for the first time I realized I don't know that I don't know that dynamic. I know about doing the motions. But I had, not, I had not yet experienced the power of God to bring redemption, the power of God to forgive, to heal, the power of God to redeem broken lives and broken relationships, the power of God to heal physically, emotionally, on every level, the power of God to bring newness of life. Amen? Um. And uh, so Paul writes about this. He says, I'm not ashamed of this gospel, this good news about Jesus, because it is the power of God unto salvation. Whoever believes. So it's not for whoever prays or whoever goes to church. It's the power of God unto salvation for whoever believes. Amen. Um, Angus Buchan always says that good people don't go to heaven, but believers do. I mean, so it's not the power of God for good people. It's not the power of God for those that are ticking all the boxes. It's the power of God for the broken people that now believe. I mean, um, I want to read this quote. I can't remember who said this. I think it might be Reinhard Bonker, but uh, it really encouraged me. He says, the gospel is powerful in that through it, God gives to us what He requires from us. He gives to us what He requires from us. And this is important to get. Because often, and I was exactly in that space, and I, I feel when I was praying before, and I felt maybe there's a few of us here in that same space. We try to fix ourselves before we come to God. We try to get some sort of order in our lives before we, we, we want to come to Him. Maybe it's a pride thing, you know, maybe it's a thing of, I want to just sort this thing out a little bit before I, before I pray about it, you know. Let me just try and fix it, and then I'm going to come to God. It's impossible. But the good news of the gospel is that when we come in our brokenness and in our sin and in our broken state, we we realize that I'm, I'm heading for destruction. I'm heading for hell. I'm heading for a... I'm just the place that... I, direction I'm going in is godless. 
and it's, it's just destructive. And I realize that I cannot earn my salvation. I turn around, even in my brokenness. I'm not fixed yet. I'm still broken. I'm still sinful. But in that place where I turn around, I receive God's forgiveness because Jesus has paid the price in my place. And, that, and this, this quote says that the gospel is powerful, that as we receive God's grace, we don't receive it in a place of, I'm now going to do all these steps and tick all these boxes to, to, to appease God. No. But as I turn to follow Christ, He gives me grace for what He requires from us, His children. Amen? He empowers me through the Holy Spirit. He uh, gives me, He provides everything that we need to follow Him. So before... I had this picture, you know, I was, as I was trying to do please everybody, I was going the way of the world, but I was trying to, to please God. I had this picture in my mind of these scales in heaven, <laughs> that when I'll come to God one day, there's going to be these big scales, and that all my good deeds would be on the one side and all my bad deeds on the other side. I was just hoping that the, the good would outweigh the bad. That's the picture I had, right? But... The miracle is in that as we turn, He empowers us to do His will. He empowers us by His Spirit. Before we, we can earn anything, <laughs> He takes our guilt away. He takes our shame away. And He actually empowers us to live a godly life. And I want to just read the Scripture. I'm gonna, I think this is my second last one. Second Peter. This is a long one. I think then... Okay, these last two, so bear with me. Second Peter 1. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So everything that we need to be like Him, everything that we need to follow Him, everything that we need to, to make this drastic turnaround, we receive from Him. That is, the, that is that grace that I've been talking about. He gives us what He requires of us. He's given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises, like those ones we spoke over these little ones this morning. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith. Add to your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence, moral excellence, and, to, with, and moral excellence with knowledge. So he's talking about what we add. As we're following Christ, these things are added. Um, we add this to our belief in Christ. And knowledge with self-control. We add self-control. self-control with patient endurance, patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. So this is the progression as we, as we now turn and we receive what we need to follow Him, these things are being added to us. And the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful, useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But for those who fail to develop this way, in this way, are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. 
And that reminds us of some that are taking this, making this turn, but are still going in the same direction. It's as if they've, they've forgotten that they have been cleansed, forgotten that they have received what they need to follow Christ. But if we receive that grace from God on a daily basis, to be honest with you, it is a daily, daily thing to say, Lord, I received everything from you that I need to live a godly life, everything that I need to, to be a representative of Christ, Christ I've received uh, through the power of your Spirit. Um, and um, you know, I was, I'm reminded, as a, you know, as a as a father, God wants to, us to be empowered to follow Him. Right? I remember the day when uh, as your parents, some of your parents may have done. This is, might be a long time ago, but my children are still small. So that, that moment when they can feed themselves and dress themselves, do you remember that? And go to the loo themselves. It's, it's amazing. It's life-changing. And the other day, um, and this must, not the other day, a year or two ago, Abigail, my oldest, baked her first cake. You know, that's amazing. They can make stuff, you know, and they make food. They can, they can make their own breakfast. It's really life-changing. I know of these young parents, it seems far way off, but they hang in there. <laughs> or, they, you know, when they can go to the loo themselves, they can feed themselves. And spiritually, it's the same thing. As a father, God wants us to grow to a place where we can feed ourselves spiritually. Where we can, in our, in our following Him, I'm not dependent on a sermon or a video clip or a YouTube teaching, but I can actually feed myself. I can get into the Scripture, and I can grow in my faith. I can engage with the Holy Spirit. I can, and, and as a dad, he wants us to grow. He wants us to walk this path. He wants us to take that provision that he has made for us to live godly lives. I remember that joy of um, Abigail, you know, I, just that, that moment where I realized, hallelujah, this child can feed herself. You know, obviously the other two are catching up. But, uh, um, but you know, other, the moment that I remember so clearly is, or moments when I, when I see her engaging with the Word. I see her getting a, her own revelation of the truth of Scripture. Her own revelation of what it means to follow Christ. Not something that I'm giving her anymore. Something that she's receiving from the Holy Spirit herself. And that is, brings such joy to my heart because I, I want her to not follow Christ because of what I'm saying to her, but I want her to follow Christ because of the experience that she's having herself of the power of the gospel. Amen? I remember the first time when she prayed for me. You know, kid, the faith of a child is an amazing thing. We were still living in England, and I, I knocked my head really hard. It was a, a long story, but I knocked my head really hard, and I was sitting on the stairs like this, holding my head. It's not a lot of padding here, which doesn't help, you know. And I was like, oh, lying almost like on the stairs, holding my head, and then uh, it was really sore. And then Abigail came. She was, must have been four or something. And she put her finger there, right there. I said, whoa, what are you doing? 
And then I realized she's laying hands on me. She's praying now. <laughs> she's praying for me. Um, it was just precious that she was, that was her immediate reaction. That she was, you know, daddy needs prayer urgently now, you know. But a few times I've experienced that when I was reaching for a headache pill or something, my children would say, but dad, can we pray for you? And I tell you what, I've experienced instant healing when my children pray for me a number of times. The faith of a child is, is incredible. They don't have issues and doubts and stuff because it's in the Bible. Jesus did it, and surely we can do it also. Amen? So um, and I believe that God he wants us again to, be, to follow him like children, taking that provision that he has made taking up on his word, taking up on his promises, taking him up on that thing that he's saying, I've given you everything that you need to live a godly life. Amen. I want us to pray this morning. So let's stand. We're going to close. As I was praying, I felt that um, you know, there may be some of us here this morning that you find yourself in that similar place where I was at, where you are you have a desire to follow, or you know, you maybe know that, that you are far from God where you are right now. Maybe you have been close to Him in the past, but right now you know things are different. You're not following Him as you did before. You, are, you feel distant from God. And maybe you're like me, that you would, you're constantly trying to improve yourself, trying to you know, get rid of some of that guilt and shame by, by working so hard at the things that are going wrong. And I feel that God is, is holding this invitation before us. The Father is holding this invitation before us. That he says, while you are still in your sin, His love was demonstrated through the blood of Jesus. He sent Jesus while each of us was still in our worst place. Okay? And He's saying... The power of the gospel is in that, that if you believe and you put your faith in Christ, He takes that away. He takes our sin. He takes our shame. And that thing that you're trying to fix before you bring it to God in prayer, He wants that thing as well. And maybe that difficult thing in your marriage that you can't see a way around His arms are open. He's inviting you to bring it to Him. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank You for Your presence this morning. We thank You, God, that You know everyone here. You know where we are, Lord. You know what's in our heart. You know our doubts. You know our fears, Lord. You know the things that may be keeping us from You. And you know the shame and the guilt that may be holding us back. <clears throat> this morning, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would speak your word of peace, Lord, and just press a, your hand on every heart right now by your Spirit. And Lord, just as you, you have put each one of these little ones that we dedicated to you this morning. You've put them together 
in their mother's womb and you shaped them in the same way you shaped each one of us. And in the same way you have written down the days of our lives, Lord. And you have prepared good things for us, Lord. Yeah, and I just sense that this, 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 this every eye is closed this morning. I, the Father is holding that invitation before us, saying, my son, my daughter, come close again. I've made provision for you. The thing that you are working so hard on, I've already paid for. The thing you are ashamed about, that stuff that you're guilty, that you feel guilty about, I've already dealt with that. Come and receive my provision. Come and receive forgiveness. Come and receive redemption. As every eye is closed, if you're in that place this morning and you don't, you know you're not right with Him, you know you are far from God this morning, and you have a conviction in your heart that you are ready to make that turn, you're ready to repent of your sin, and you're ready to turn around and to follow Him as King and Lord, you're ready to move into the passenger seat. You're ready to lay down your life. It's not easy. But to daily lay down your life and to daily take up your cross, to daily follow Him as Lord and King, to daily give Him complete control. If that's you this morning and you want to pray a prayer just and you want to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart, it will be my privilege to pray with you. So while every eye is closed, if you want to reach out to God this morning and if you want to draw near to Him again, why don't you just raise your hand briefly. I won't ask you to come forward, but I do want to pray with you. <clears throat> Thanks so much. Is there anybody else? Just while eyes are closed, if you want to pray with me, I appreciate that. I mean, thanks for the hands that went up. I want us... If you just bear with me a moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and we're just going to all pray together with each person that raised their hand. And if you didn't raise your hand, but you want to pray this prayer, and just, oh, I want to invite you to all pray with us as you respond um, to God this morning. So I'm going to lead us, and if you, if you feel comfortable to do that, please pray after me. We're going to pray together. Okay. Lord Jesus, Thank you that you love me. This morning, Lord, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I choose this morning to repent of my sin and I choose to put my faith in you, Lord. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, my Lord and my Savior, and that God has raised him from the dead. Thank you that you are my Father, and I'm your child, and that I can follow you, Lord, all the days of my life. That you wash me clean, God. That you give me a clean slate a new start, Lord. 
thank you, Father, that you are the one that's faithful to finish this good work that you have started in my life, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you, um, if you raise your hand or if you didn't want to raise your hand and you wanted to and you or if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to really ask if you want to join us in the front as we're going to pray for other people as well. Please come forward. I'd love to pray with you. Um, I'm going to close the service now. And I want to ask if you, if you have any other prayer need, if you're praying, maybe you trust the Lord to start a family, you want to pray for that or pray for provision or whatever the need is that you have in your heart, I might not have the answer, but I do know that God has already made a way. Amen. So I want to ask you to be bold if you need prayer to come to the front. There'll be somebody to pray with you. And specifically, if you would like to receive prayer, just in response to the message, the word that God has spoken into your heart, please be bold and come. We'd love to pray with you. Um, and specifically, if, if you're in that space where I was, where you're trying so hard before you come to God to fix yourself, I believe God wants to just meet you in that place. Amen. Let's close. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your gospel in our lives, God. I pray that as we go from this place, Lord, that we would truly daily choose not to live for ourselves, but to live for you, God. Daily choose to take up our cross, Lord. Daily choose to follow you as king daily choose to receive your provision Lord to live life in a godly way Lord daily receive the empowerment of your spirit to be salt and light Lord daily walk in the power of gospel to be fishers of men Lord in Jesus name this week even as we go in this place today this week this month let your kingdom come in our lives and through our lives Lord in every place where you send us, in every community, in every school and university, in every workplace, every place where we go, Lord, let your kingdom come, Lord, and let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for your patience. There's some snacks outside. There's some refreshments. Please join us. And if you need prayer, please come to the front. There will be somebody here to pray with you. Amen. God bless. for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash Pretoria.